everybody. Welcome to Sharp Thoughts. I am John, also known as DJ Sharp. And in this podcast, we're going to take an open and honest look at well, my life. I'm going to talk about my battles with mental health, like depression and anxiety. I'm going to talk about my efforts to get my shit back together, to be a better father, husband, and just overall man. So we're going to discuss getting back into the gym, getting the weight down. We're going to discuss clean eating, and I'm going to address my love affair with food. I hope to have an organic conversation with uh, friends and other experts in fields that I know little to nothing about and have a variety of things on this podcast. But most importantly, this podcast is going to be about men's mental health and the struggles that we all face with it, whether we want to admit it or not. So I invite you guys into my life. I invite you guys to take the trip with me. And I hope and I pray that one person gets something from this podcast. So let's go. Hey, welcome everybody. Episode six. Sharp thoughts. We doing this, man. This episode is going to be something that I thought about for a while, and I really wanted to bring it to life. I really got a lot I got to say about this. I'm going to try to keep it short, though. So I really need to address my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions on fatherhood. And it's crazy. So growing up, I didn't want kids. I got to be very blunt with you. I never really saw myself being a father. I just didn't. I, I don't really, I don't really know what I pictured in my head. I just did not picture children. Now I don't really picture a life without children. My girls are cool as shit. So, I told you guys in, in episode three when I told my story. Uh, my wife and I met when our fifteen-year-old was only two, and her biological father really made no effort other than maybe one time to really see her. And that sucks for him, not for me, because I got a cool little girl. My family got a new addition. My parents got another grandkid that they obsess over. And I get to raise a new, strong-willed, independent woman to go out into the world. And as a girl dad, that's something I take very, very serious. So first, I want to tell the story how I realized I was a dad. So I was doing all the things like a stepdad did. You know, I would, I would hang out with her when I had off work, but mom had to work. Uh, I would try to do little things like we would take trips up to Harrisburg to go see the big fish tank at Bass Pro Shop, go see the uh, the trout pond right outside. Uh, and then we go sneaker shopping and we get lunch and it was about an hour drive. And then she would take a nap on the way home and she would be hyped for when mom got home. And we kind of did those things on my days off work. And then I'll never forget this day one of the craziest moments of my life she had to be three and she sits in the chair or in the little uh child seat spot in the shopping cart I believe we were in Petco or PetSmart or one of those two and she looks up at me she goes John I'm gonna call you dad but not yet in my mind I didn't know what the fuck to think. But the only thing I could possibly say to this little girl was, all right, cool. Take your time. This on you, not me. 
I'm on your time. You're not on my time. This is all new to both of us. You and I are still learning each other. You and I are still kind of learning what's going on. I'm still very much learning what the hell to do with a child. And then she didn't say it ever again. She didn't even bring it up again. She didn't tell uh, my wife about this. She didn't say anything ever again about it. And then fast forward a few, like maybe a month or two, I believe. We're at my parents' house because we lived in their basement when I finished up school and I was still trying to figure out my life. And yeah, it was one of those elder millennials that was slow to get out the house. And I'm sitting there, I'm talking to my mother. We're at the kitchen table. And my wife and my daughter are in the bathroom down the hall. And I hear this little voice going, daddy, 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 daddy. And she's shouting it. She comes sprinting out the bathroom. You know how little toddlers run, kind of like Kyler Murray on a football field. Quick side note, because my ADD is going to kick in. If you ever watch Kyler Murray run or scramble on a football field, think toddler running was something they're not supposed to have. You'll never look at Kyler Murray the same again. Anyway, back on track. She is sprinting, doing a little toddler run. Daddy, 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 daddy. Runs around the kitchen table, runs around me and my mother. Daddy, 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 daddy. She hops up on a chair, slams her hands on the table, right in my face. Daddy, 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 daddy. Sat down, started eating her lunch again. Didn't say nothing else. Didn't say nothing else about it again. From that moment on, I was dad. You know, she still slip up. She say John, but I let it go on her time. There was no reason for me to have to tell her, yo, I'm dad. You call me dad. Like, what the fuck's that going to do? Plus, I, I was still really learning. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I let it, I really let it be on her time. So from that moment on, so for the last 12 years, I have been a dad. I went from never wanting kids to having this three-year-old so right then and there, I started looking for adult jobs because at that time I was an audio engineer and a camera operator for our Fox affiliate about a half hour east of me. And I was still, you know, still trying to make the dream. I didn't know what I was doing yet. I had these big dreams. I was going to go work for ESPN or a larger Fox affiliate or lo and behold, I ain't want to never work with Fox again. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, man, this is such a crazy story. I got to go through all of this. So I get a job with Dish Network. I'm installing satellites. I'm gone from 5 in the morning. And I think the latest I walked back in the house was 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Crashing, sleeping four or five hours, six hours, getting it up, doing it all over again. Trying to make a way. One of the first things I really bought with my big adult paycheck was my wife's engagement ring. And I'll tell that story in another episode, but this one I really want to focus on my life as a dad. And in this time, my wife has started working in our area. She lived out about a half hour east of us, of my parents as well. So she, we moved her into the basement. Uh, my friends were hype as shit. I was the first one to really have a child in our group. Like we had kids, but I was kind of the first one to really be a dad in my core group of friends. So. My friends went nuts with it. They had a they had a great time. They found like this old Fisher Price 
princess bed that my parents had from when my baby sister was a little girl. And they put that shit together without even asking me. I lived on the unfinished side of my parents' basement back then. And we had, we had a big space. This was not a, this was a beautiful home. And I lived on the unfinished side. And I had a little living room, a little like, I built myself a little like kitchenette with a microwave, a little mini fridge, then some cabinets, and then some just some basic utensils, nothing crazy. No hot plate, nothing, no like real crazy shit because I didn't trust myself. But I had the essentials. I had my bed, my dresser, my area, you know, that I was now bringing this woman and her child into. So my friends went nuts. They built like this little princess bed. They put a lamp in the back of the bed so it like illuminated and my wife and her the little girl, they went ape shit. So all right, well, now I got a princess bed down here. So now I'm figuring out how to be a girl dad. And it's cool because she's little, so it, I can still be me. I can still talk about like sneakers and music and we can dance like idiots and watch cartoons. Uh, and then she's, so being a girl dad is cool as shit. If you're not a girl dad, you're missing out on a little bit. Anybody that has a daughter, my, my father has three. Uh, I have two. My younger brother has two daughters and, and some more sons. I have very dear friends that have daughters or a daughter. And there's something different about being a girl dad. So we all know what it's like raising adolescents. Let's talk about the teenage age. Fuck. There is nothing that prepares you for raising a high school girl. Unless you were a high school girl. Whew. The moose swings, the lady monthly time, the boy crazy stuff, the, the fashion sense. I want my daughter wearing oversized sweatpants and hoodies because I know how boys think. It ain't nothing about her. My daughter is gorgeous. You can't say shit to you can't say shit about how my daughter looks. Put my daughter against your daughter. I'll bet a paycheck that my daughter's probably better looking than your daughter. Cause I'm a dad and I'm a little biased, but I'll still do it anyway. Cause I know how boys think and I know how crazy the fucking world is. I want my daughter in oversized sweatshirts. Hoodies, hats, ain't nobody seen what my daughter look like until I'm ready to let that go. Well, that didn't work. I had zero say in a situation. Now I got my daughter trying to go out in crop tops and jeans with holes where her thigh is like, I don't give a shit if it's like a nickel size. Uh, your thigh is showing. Why do I see your belly button? Why is your hair like that? Why isn't it in a messy bun that you haven't washed in a month because it looks greasy? I, 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 don't, I don't need it to look good. I don't need the boys looking at you. And it's not because I, I don't want her to have all those experiences. I just know how boys are, and they're fucking stupid. I was a boy. I was fucking stupid. So we go through the first boyfriend. We go through the first heartbreak. And, you know, we, we're coaching her through it, and then she got the new boy that she liked. And it was a whole situation and true to form, I had to sit her down. I was like, look, you have to understand what you're about to do is stupid. Here's exactly how this shit's going to play out. Don't do it. It is not and will not end well for 
anybody involved. Well, my daughter didn't listen to me. And it played out. Unfortunately, please don't think I'm excited about this. This shit played out exactly how I was going to say it. And I'm not going to get into any details because I'm not going to embarrass my daughters. And now my daughter's getting like, you know, them cheap little like 14, 15 year old dudes with a girl that think they tough. And they're like, mm, you better keep my name out your mouth. Keep my girl name out your mouth. You don't know me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I was you, bitch. I live in a rather rural area in central Pennsylvania. You are not tough growing up in this area. I hate to break it to anybody growing up in this area. The people that are tough moved in from outside this area. If you were, if you were born and raised in this area, we are not inherently tough. Now, it does not mean I will back down from anybody trying to get to my family. I will just not go out looking for stupid shit. You will never hear me say, mm, I will never make idle threats. Mm, keep my name out your mouth. Like if, it, if there's nothing going on, I'm not saying it. So now this little boy's pissed and he's chirping at the mouth. So he says some shit out of pocket that I did not care for. Now the dad in me comes in and I'm livid. And my daughter's godfather's in the house, and he is one of those tough dudes. If there's a dude you want in a foxhole with you, it's my daughter's godfather. And it's my one of my best friends on the fucking planet. This the dude you want behind you when it's ride or die time. So he's ready. Jay say the word. We out the door. I'm livid. My wife's like, John, would you calm down? I said, no. And I had to go through that whole, I had to go through the maturation process as a father to set that example. So I tell you that whole story to tell you, not to say that I was right, because I don't want to be right. I don't want my little girl to get hurt. But I had to learn how to handle myself when those situations arise. Because my initial instinct as a 38-year-old man was to beat the piss out of a 15-year-old. And that's not right. That is an egregious thought to have. <laughs> and I don't understand anybody that thinks that that is the normal way to think. But when you're a dad, especially with daughters, you, there's something different with dads and their daughters. If you know, you know. Man, I was out the door, like... I was livid. I thought I was going to rip the railing off. Like, <sighs> So that's life with my 15-year-old. She is... Thank God I raised her tough because the world is... The world is tough. And that little girl is tough as nails. She will look you dead in the eye and tell you she don't give a fuck what you think about her. There might be a little part of her that does, but the overwhelming majority of her self-esteem does not care. And that's crazy to me because I know how I was at 15. Shit, I would have loved to have her self-confidence at 15. So let me backtrack a little bit. January 2020, right before COVID. I'm out to dinner with another dear friend of mine for... 
one of my niece's uh, birthdays, and we're we're eating. It's not a restaurant I truly enjoy, so I'm not going to say the name because I'm not going to throw shade. And I did not. My wife said we had to talk when I got home. Well, that's the that's the code for I'm going to find other shit to do. So now, now we at the comic book store. <laughs> I'm looking up like, I'm just like, man, guys, I don't want to go home yet. Because I knew, like, there was just something in my body that told me, your wife's pregnant, bro. So I finally slink home. She takes me back in the bedroom. We had a conversation. John, I'm pregnant. Okay. She thought I was going to fly off the handle. And we had a couple moments because, you know, we weren't ready. It wasn't planned. And I misunderstood some conversations that we allegedly had. I won't say whether we did or didn't because I honestly don't remember. And I will not say without a shadow of a doubt whether we actually had them or not because I really don't know. My wife will tell you we did. But I, I can't definitively tell you that. So now we're expecting. So now I'm like making myself get excited because at first I was, I don't want to say I was devastated because that, that builds the resentment that builds the resentment for that child. And this is not the child's fault. I did the fun stuff that ran the risk of bringing a child into this world. Now this child is coming into this world. I can't be anything but happy. So I got to kind of flip my mentals on that a little bit and, and make myself understand that dude, you're bringing another person into this world. Get ready. So we're going through all the stuff. March hits. COVID is a thing. I don't see an ultrasound. I don't see any. I see the first initial ultrasound where my baby looks like an amoeba. And they said that, oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. And all I saw was a little fluttering blob. And I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh, baby. Look, she's so beautiful. She looks just like you. But in my mind, I was like, uh, that looks like what I saw under a microscope in eighth grade biology, and I have no idea what I'm fucking looking at. So that was the last. That was just the confirmation ultrasound to say, yep, the pee on a stick was right. You are pregnant. That was the last ultrasound I saw. Until we found out what the sex of the baby was. Well, having another girl, because... I guess God thought I didn't need more stress in my life. So at that time, I had a 13-year-old and an unborn baby girl, which means my 15-year-old will then in turn start college when my youngest goes to kindergarten, which means all of those terrible elementary school, middle school concerts that they make the kids be involved in, where ain't no, no kid clapping on beat, ain't no kids singing on key. Half the kids don't know the words, kid picking his nose. I have to sit through all of them again. And now I'm going to be one of the old parents, which is cool. That just means I'm smarter than everybody. And I know everything now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, not the smarter thing. Uh, so we go through the whole pregnancy. And I keep having these dreams that we're having a girl. And I told, I told my wife, I said, babe, we having a daughter. No, John, we're having a boy. No, we are having a girl. How do you know? I don't know why. 
I just, something in my body was just telling me, you're having a girl. We get the ultrasound. They call my wife. I'm downstairs doing something. My wife's up on the couch and she gets the news and she's less than excited initially because she wanted a boy. And I'm sitting there and I come up the stairs slash slink one up. I said, I was right. I'm going to go back downstairs. Come talk to me when you're ready. So we went through, we did the little like computer online gender reveal and we had 55 people on a Zoom call all talking over each other and it sounded like Disney World on crack. And we tell everybody and everybody's excited, of course. And so now I'm bringing a little girl into this world. And I talked about, in episode three, I talked about the complications that we had. So I'm not going to get back into that. But now, the stuff I didn't tell you or I didn't really talk about was... I had to do everything for the first 24 hours or actually close to probably 36 to 48 hours of that child's life. I had no idea what I was doing. I was paging a nurse before I did anything. I page a nurse. They go, they come in the room. Hey John, Hey John, what's going on? Listen, I got to change a diaper. I know we did this 20 minutes ago, but I need you here again. John, you just did this. I know. And next time I do it, I'm going to page you again. I, that was some of the most stressful time in my life because I hate not knowing what I'm doing. I hate it. I hate feeling lost. I hate the feeling of that lack of control. I hate all of it. it fucking pisses me off. And I had literally no idea what I was fucking doing. And it was driving me up the wall. So now we're sitting there and my wife starts coming down from the medications and, and she starts, you know, interacting with the baby more and things start getting better. And now she's doing some of the stuff that I, I was doing. We were kind of working it out together. And now I got another baby and I had no idea how crazy it would be. Cause I picked up in the toddler phase. That baby phase is something else. It's easy. Everybody that tells you having an infant, I was terrified to have an infant. I didn't like anything that had a self-destruct button on the top of its head and didn't come with instructions. And I know that sounds really cliche, but I really felt like that. So it was, it was really a, a, a terrifying moment for me when I realized, and I would have like these nightmares before Jordan was born about standing at the front door of my home, holding a car seat, and I was looking at myself, looking at the front door. Like, it was like this weird out-of-body nightmare where it was just me standing at the front door, staring at the door going, how the fuck am I going to tell my other daughter we lost mom? How am I going to do this? How am I going to be Danny Tanner? I don't have an Uncle Jesse. I don't have an Uncle Joey that were fucking losers and can move into my house. My brothers are uh, both pretty... Actually, all of my family are rather successful, so it would have been me trying to figure this out without a failed rock star and a failed comedian living in my house with me. It's crazy. So all of the things that I learned raising my oldest, 
has really made me a better father now and having my youngest has made me such a softer person because I don't think we realize as men when you become a dad you're a dad all the time and when you're a girl dad you're a girl dad all the time and it's crazy like you feel a kinship to your daughter's friends you feel a kinship to your nieces and nephews, but there's something different. And for me, it's extremely tough because I am, I try to be a hard ass. I try to be a dick, but I'm not, I'm kind of a mush bowl. And anybody that knows me for 90 seconds knows that. So in my industry, I work with ages 14 and up. So Talk about being, I have, my daughter is the same age as some of these kids that work for me. And some of these kids that work for me do not have the life that I'm able to provide for my daughter. And it pisses me off in a way that I can't quantify. Because there is this weird disconnect where once the child is born, you only have to do this for so long. And I was lucky enough that my parents never felt this, haven't felt this. I don't know if he still does, but when my youngest sister moved to Texas for school, my dad would check the weather in the town that she lives in every morning to make sure that he knew if it was raining, he could text her, hey, it's raining today. The road's going to be wet. Be careful. And I love you. This was when, this was after my youngest sister graduated college with her bachelor's and was working on her master's. This is a grown woman, and my father was still doing that. My mom still sent out the text message. Hey, guys, starting Christmas shopping. Any ideas? Like, that's the, the parents that I had are the parents you're supposed to have. My parents could write a textbook on how to be parents. You don't get a better mother than my mother. You don't get a better father than my father. And I'll be very blunt. You try to tell me anything different. Those are fighting words. It does not get better than what I had. So the bar was already set insanely high. They raised a mush ball. They raised a man that became a girl dad. And now every I, f I feel this daunting pressure to try to be that as often as I can. And it's crazy because people don't know how to respond to that. For, for anybody that's a girl dad or a dad in general that is worth is worth their weight in anything can relate to this the 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 basic principle that you feel that dadness wherever you are and it's crazy because you don't exactly understand why but you feel the need to impart your knowledge even when it's not necessarily not asked for but it's not necessary 
you feel these the and it's and it's super tough when you work in my industry and you learn the outside lives of some of these kids and it will absolutely break your heart and if it doesn't you're fucking soulless when you got 15 16 and sometimes 14 year olds i mean 14 to 16 paying the light bill you have failed as a parent when you got 20 21 year old and I'll be honest, man, they still kids. They might legally be adults, but how many 18, 19, 20 year olds do we really know that just got shit all figured out? That they are grown, they're good, they got everything. They know. And not like arrogantly they know, like they really know what's going on. It's so few and far between. And now you got these older siblings raising siblings as they're trying to figure their own lives out. Like we talk all the time about teen pregnancy and babies raising babies, but if we looked at the dysfunction of families where the older sibling is raising the younger siblings and has to become that parental figure at a young age when they're still figuring themselves out. That is such a, it's such an unbelievably daunting task that some of these kids get thrust into. And I'm certainly not going to compare it to other, like going to war at 18, 19 years old. Like that's not, I'm not making the comparisons. I'm just being real. Like when you see what some of these kids go through and you see what some of these kids are battling upstream with. Now we all know the pressure makes diamonds. But pressure also breaks. And you can only push these kids so far. And as dads, we have to do a better job of being dads. And being dads all the time. Take two minutes and be a dad somewhere in your day. Even if it's you go through the drive-thru of your favorite restaurant. And you see that kid on a busy Saturday just working. Take nine seconds and compliment them. You have no idea how far that's going to go for them. You're in a supermarket or a box chain store, or whatever. And you see that cashier just, they looking like they need a dad moment. And you know to look. If you're any kind of a dad that's worth his weight, you know that look. That I, just, I need a dad moment. It's going to carry so much weight and it's going to carry so much further in their lives than we ever understand. And it's not an arrogance thing. It's not a pride thing. It's not a self-fulfilling thing. It's just, it's doing the right thing for the right reason. My father has taught me so much in my life. And one of the key things that he taught me is you do the right thing for the right reason. Period. right thing for the right reason. And right now, the right thing to do is the world needs dads, not fathers. Because a father just means your sperm fertilizing an egg. And then 41 weeks later, Junior's out. 
I'm talking being a dad. Anybody can be a father. You have to be somebody special to be a dad. You know, you see all over social media, you see these dads that are going to schools to help prevent violence. That's probably one of the most dad things I've ever seen. We as dads have an unmitigated responsibility to first be dad, not to be a father, to be dad. And it is our responsibility to make our children's lives better than we had it. And if you had it good, you have a problem because you have to elevate the next generation while still impart, imparting that knowledge, that dad knowledge, the work ethic, the respect, a proper handshake, teaching your daughters how men think. Because we're dumb, guys. We have to admit it. We're dumb in a lot of ways. We are intelligent. We are strong. We are competent. We are all of the things that men are supposed to be. But at the root, sometimes we're just dumb and we have to learn and we have to mature and we have to grow into the men that God have called us to be. Not the toxic masculinity that you see spewed all over social media by jackasses. I ain't going to say no names because I'm not starting any, who the fuck am I to these people? It's just more fuel and it's just more fodder and it's just more bullshit that they get to launch their platform on. We have to be better dads. We have to make sure that the world is in a better place than when we inherited it. And for those of us that had it super, super good growing up, we have a daunting task ahead of us. And for us, for some of us that came out of the dirt, I was lucky enough to not be one of those. It is your job to ensure that your child does not feel the same pain in childhood that you felt. Not because there was anything wrong. I mean, parent, we, we do the best we can with what we got. But at the end of the day, the kids only understand who's showing up. And I see this all the time on social media. Uh, the Reverend TJ uh, Yates, love him. He talks about being a dad and he talks about if I give you my time, we may not have enough money. And if I give you the money, I may not have enough time. And it's such a, it, it's such a powerful quote for me because I feel it all the time. My youngest doesn't understand that dad goes to work. She knows I go to work, but she doesn't understand why I go to work. So her relationship with me isn't as deep as it is with my wife and her grandparents who are able to be around her much more than I am. She still knows me as dad. I am, you ask me, if you ask her who I am, she says, that's my daddy. She will still tell me she misses me. She will still tell me she loves me. 
but there to her there is nobody bigger and better than mom and i'm somewhere in the mix because she sees my wife so much more but i know what i'm building for them the late nights it's about it's a little after 11 o'clock my day started at about six this morning i got i had to work i worked about a 10-hour day that's i mean that's not a big deal i'm not bragging i'm just letting you know what my day was i worked about a 10-hour day i came home i did some studying because I'm trying to finish my bachelor's 15 years late so I can be that good example that I that I preach to be. And then I came down here to work on this and we're about the 36 minute mark and I could keep going. I really could. Being a dad is so much more important than we realize. And you don't realize it until one, you are a good dad or you didn't have a good dad and you see a good dad. Or if you're not a dad and you had a great or bad dad, you know all of, you only know what it's like when you compare it to what you have. And that, that I mean, I probably didn't say it the best way, but I think I said it in a way that's, that, that's, that's easily digestible. Being a, 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 a dad is one of the most important aspects of our society right now. In my generation, we're missing the boat. We are. Not all of us. I know I still have plenty to learn, and my wife nudges me all the time. I know I got a lot to learn of being a dad. I'm far from perfect. But it's the transparency, it's the honesty that gives me the credibility to be the dad when I have to be dad. And I am a multitude of levels of dads to a multitude of people. Whether I realize it or not. Because of the leadership position that I'm in. And it is a weight that I carry. With a. With an unmitigated amount of pride. Just like this podcast, I want to touch somebody. I want somebody to get something. I could do 150,000 episodes of this podcast. And if I get one text from one person, yo, what you talked about in that episode really made a difference in my life. Thank you. Then all of the blood, sweat, equity, monetary equity, all of that will be worth it. And it's just like being a dad. Just that. Thank you. Whether it's. Said. Or implied. That you know that you got through somehow. To somebody. Especially your kids. But we know that. Being a dad is a. 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, regardless of where you are. When you're a dad, you're a fucking dad. And I can't, I can't say that enough. Like, when you're a dad, you're a fucking dad. Be a dad.
Don't be a father. Anybody can be a fucking father. Be a damn dad. And I am blessed to have some wonderful friends who are unbelievable fathers that I draw an inspiration from, whether they realize it or not. I can be hanging out with some of my friends and watch them with their kids and some of the emotional openness and some of the softness that, that they have that I lack in my own life. I draw inspiration from, and I try to add that to my, to my toolbox as a dad. Cause my kids deserve that. What I see out of my, I, it's not about being right all the time. It's really just about being there at the right time. And I could keep going and keep going and keep going, but I really want to make sure that I, I keep these podcasts in a better, in a better time frame Cause I can ramble. I can talk. And I don't want to do that. So let me, let me take a minute or so and just recap. First things first, anybody can be a father. It is way more important than to, to be a dad. And I told you guys my story about learning to be a dad and being a dad. And what my life as a dad is like outside of just my, my, the four walls of my home. And society needs dads. Not the corny dads against daughters dating t-shirts. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about being a dad. The dads that are showing up to be security guards at their school. At their kids' schools. To me, that is probably the most inspiring dad moment. One of the Olympics in the 80s where the runner blew out his hamstring and his dad came flying out of the stands picked his son up and the two of them finished that race together. That's a dad. That's a dad moment. If you're a leader of young people to make that half a second statement, Hey, thank you. And if I haven't told you lately, I'm proud of you. Because that might be the only time they hear it. And we have to be cognizant of that. Have to. Our kids deserve that. Society deserves that. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. I am DJ Sharp, and this has been Sharp Thoughts. Hopefully you guys took something away from the podcast something that you guys can apply to your life to make something in your life better and always 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 remember god loves you and so do i i'll see you next time peace